When I started Sobiz Dope, I had to try to figure out how can I impart on people what I understood that this all boils down to life or death. And if I didn't keep it real, if I didn't dig deep, I'll be a memory. I would have died. It came down to really tapping, going as far deepest within as I could go, keeping it so real with myself that it made an imprint on my DNA, on my spirit, on my mind, on my psychology. If I didn't keep it real, if I couldn't keep it tall, I would have died, I would have failed. When it comes to sobriety, I try to tell people there's no right answers, there's no right or wrong. It's you understanding that you have to make this commitment and you have to find accountability and you have to keep it real with yourself. If you don't, you all you have, you'll fail, you'll relapse. When it comes to relapse and understanding that it's so easy to slip, it's so easy to fall, it's so easy to fall victim to the trauma. On Sober is Dope, we try to direct people to the light. We try to show people that the darkness is real, that evil is real, that could grip you, it could mangle you, it could capture you. But we have to rescue ourselves. It's all over the place. I had to understand that people was really dying. You got places like Kensington. You got places all over the world. Drugs is real. You got fentanyl, trank, all of this stuff killing people. Alcohol is just as bad. It's gripping people. It's killing people. They don't talk about cirrhosis of the liver. They don't talk about pancreatitis. They don't talk about brain disease. They don't talk about mental health. They don't tell you about all of the dark sides, the parasynthesis, the draining your belly, the dying, the jaundice, the, the two weeks to live. They don't give you the good, bad, and the ugly. They just give you the good. They wrap it in the bowl and they say, here, drink and drink responsibly. And then people die. It's a reality out there that if we don't tap, if we don't go deep within ourselves and tell the truth, if we don't fight for ourselves, fight for our family, fight for our legacy, and fight for our souls, we'll all certainly die. It's all about living. It's all about living and fighting for our life. We're not meant to die young. We're not meant to die broken. We're not meant to die alone, thirsty, hungry, broken, and tired in the gutter. We're meant to live. Find your truth today. Go deep within yourself. Ask God. Surrender. Get on your knees and pray. Go deep within yourself. Don't give up. Fight for your soul, man. Fight. Put them gloves on. Fight. Fight. Fight the figurative evil. Fight the figurative devil. But you know what? It's so real. If you don't fight, you'll surely die. We are champions. We live to fight another day. We live and we take our recovery back in our own hands. We live. We live. This is our birthright. Recovery is not a game. It's life and death. It's what it all boils down to. Will you live or will you thrive? My name is Pop Buchanan. I started so biz dope to get back, to communicate. I asked God for a second chance and he gave it to me. I asked God for hope and he gave it to me. I got on my knees to surrender and was given a second chance. I was near death. I was going to die. I had half a liver and one day I threw a Hail Mary and God answered my prayer. Now I'm here. And alive. Welcome to so biz dope. To God be the glory. Hello, friends and family. Welcome back to the Sober's Dope Podcast. I'm your host, Pop Buchanan, and I'm really excited to bring a brand new episode to you. I would like to take a moment to thank Macaulay Sexton for our last episode, The War on Drugs and Harm Reduction. Um, Macaulay, thank you so much. I wanted to give everybody some time to really let that episode sink in because I learned a lot from that episode, how to think about addiction, how to address people that are dealing with substance misuse versus just calling everyone addicts and addiction and watching these terms we use and remembering how to be sensitive to the ongoing struggle that most people that's dealing with addiction um, have to struggle with and just being mindful on the drugs, breaking down some of the myths, dispelling some of the things that's out there that's inaccurate. So Macaulay, thank you so much. If you don't remember, you could reach out to Macaulay at sextonspace.com. So moving along, uh, this episode is about people that's struggling in early recovery and struggling in recovery in general. And it's also going to be applied on the back end uh, for anyone that's currently dealing with addiction, right? So everything works. If this, if I'm talking about someone that's in early recovery, 
a lot of those things would apply to someone that has 20 years in recovery. If I'm talking to someone that has 20 years in recovery or talking about someone who has 20 years in recovery, a lot of that information will apply to someone that's in early recovery. A lot of things were all pretty much the same. Like I, I try to tell someone, if someone says, Pop, um, I have 10 days and I'm struggling. I'm like, I have 10 years and sometimes I'm struggling. We both have to do the same things daily to get through. Because I have 10 years doesn't mean I'm better off than you are. I have to put in the same amount of work so I get it. We're, on, we're in the same category. We're in the same boat. I may just have worked the steps and the systems and uh, been working on myself a little bit longer than you have, but doesn't mean that I'm I'm not at risk of losing it all if I'm not careful and mindful of my recovery journey. All right. So um, this is going to be a freestyle type episode. I don't have notes or nothing. It's coming straight off the top. Usually that's my best work. Um, and look, I, the reason why I'm doing this episode is because the majority of people I have been speaking to lately on Instagram, which is the main hub of Sober is Dope. If you're listening um, at Sober is Dope. On Instagram is where the party's at. That's where you can always get me. So inbox me there. You could get me faster there than email. You could speak to me directly. Uh, I will answer your messages. So find me on Instagram uh, forward Instagram.com forward slash sober is dope and at sober is dope on Instagram. So many people hit me up on Instagram um, at sober is dope and they've been talking about struggling, going through the motions, having you know, being at different times in their different levels of their early recovery journey and having difficulty. And the difficulty can extend to aspects of their recovery journey, but not just that. I'm starting to realize a theme where there's people that are struggling with just coming out to family coming out learning how to be sober in an environment where addiction or alcoholism or drinking is kind of celebrated right so follow me because i'm gonna speak to those people also because you are either on the fence right you're either sober curious in active addiction or active substance misuse and you're seeking some type of outlet to find help, but you can't necessarily go to your friends or family or your spouse or your kids or your job or your church because people in your neighborhood are speaking. <clears throat> this kind of behavior is what led to the anonymous boom with Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous, where you will go to these meetings kind of in secrecy by yourself and remain anonymous and get the food that you need and go about your own life. There's a bigger problem now. There's people who's like, if even me, if I'm sober, it'll create a problem in my family because we have all of these things that we do around alcohol. We go to the cigar bar. We go to uh, we go. We may go out dancing every Friday. We may hit the lounge. We may go to the concerts. We may go to the game and we may do this every weekend and we may go to the drive-ins, the parks. And, you know, we may go over to friends' houses, swing or type of this stuff and it's all, all of this alcohol and all of this partying is around right and i don't know how to break it to the person i love or tell my friends or be judged or ridiculed this is a, the biggest problem right now i'm seeing with people and it saddens me because there's an aspect where you have this individual who wants to heal they want to stop drinking they want to put it behind them but they can't because it's the social expectation for them to in, to in, to in, to um to participate in these addictive behaviors and addictive um um, outlets, you know, what we call fun or unwinding or having fun. So I want to talk about that too. All right. First thing I want to say about that, if you're in early recovery, if you're still um, using and you're on the fence and you can't come out to the people around you, I want you to think about this for me. And my friend told me this one time and it, and it really hit home. He said, either you're going to deal with the situation or nature is going to take its course. Now, how does that look with someone that's dealing with alcohol or drugs and they want to stop, but they're worried about the people around them? If God don't stop you, right, your body's going to stop you. 
Now, how does that look? When someone pancreas is shut down or dies on them and now you have to go into all type of surgery and you can't function or eat anymore and you're into some unbearable pain. What happens when your liver shuts down and is scarred to in disrepair and you have cirrhosis of the liver and now you have to, you, you know, you have to make your final rites because you kept drinking and now your liver is dead. What happens when you get cancer? All right. Cancers well, alcohol is one of the leading causes of cancer in the United States and around the world, period. I don't I don't even have to throw a statistic or no fancy um, 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 PubMed quote at you. Just Google alcohol and cancer, breast cancer, all type of colon cancers, all type of cancer, stomach cancers. Alcohol is corrosive. It's a, one of the only substances that could pass the blood and brain barrier, go directly into your cells and affect your cellular environment. Um, it's one of the only things that depresses your depress depresses your immune system, depresses your nervous system, causing you to be depressed. It's a depressant. It's a toxin that causes you to doubt yourself, to make irrational behaviors, right? Alcohol tends to shut down your frontal lobe. It makes you more prone to do risky and ridiculous things that could put yourself, your family in jeopardy. So if you don't stop or you don't find a way to speak to your family and friends and the people that you love, Nature will stop you And sometimes when nature has to stop you It kills you Because the addiction kills you And your body can take but so much abuse Keep that in mind When it's hard to talk to your wife When it's hard to talk to a brother When it's hard to talk to your sister Or your co-worker Or your boss Or your church Or your friends Or when it's hard to go to that barbecue Now, what do you do? I would say my advice, Pop's advice on how to deal with an environment where everyone you love drinks and it's an innocent thing and no one is out there being necessarily super addictive and they're not being really bad about it. It's just part of their life. They get they work hard. They're honest, good people. And they come home and they drink. Everybody gets together on Friday, Sunday. They have beers, wine. They do all of these things and it seems normal. But you're stuck in a rock and a hard place because you're saying this alcohol is really tearing me apart and I want to stop. I don't know how to stop. Blame it on your health, your health, your mental health. The best way to get your family members and the people around you off your back is to say, listen, I want to take a break from drinking because I haven't been feeling well lately. I don't know what it is, but I don't feel healthy. My body is telling me something's off. I've been reading online that there people getting cancer, people getting pancreatitis, people's getting um, stage four cirrhosis of the liver where they're just dying. And the people have to get their stomach taps and their stomach pumps. People are getting neurological problems. People are having issues with their brain. And I'm not feeling well. Do you mind if I take a break and if you guys calm it down around me and in the house and stuff? I don't know if y'all want to drink in the backyard, drink in the backyard in the house. I want to keep it off away from me. Maybe you want to keep it away from the kids. Maybe you don't want to set a bad example for the kids. Put it on your health. Use science, right? This is how you get a family member to leave you alone. Like if you come to someone in your family and say, hey, I don't want to party today because I have the flu. They're going to go, oh, okay, feel better. If you, It's the same thing. Listen, I, I don't want to drink for the rest of the year. I want to try to cut back and see if I could do some sobriety stuff because I'm worried about my mental health and my health. And if you love me, you will help me. All right. This doesn't mean that you have to get the family members or the people you love or your spouse to stop drinking in this moment. What it does mean is you're now putting people on notice that you're doing this for health reasons. Right. Make up a story. Don't make don't make up a story. You could use a st- you could use me. Say my friend Pop, you know this guy Pop. He's on the internet. He's a good guy. I kind of follow his stuff, and I heard him talking about family members and friends that he know that had all of these health issues related to alcohol, right? And the guy started making some sense. I started looking on Google. Then I started thinking about my body. And lately, I don't feel too hot. And now I'm making this decision to really reinvest in my health. Become a health nut behind it, right? 
If you lose one community, you'll get another community through Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous. You'll get another community through Sober as Dope. We have 46,000 people on Sober as Dope Instagram. Every last one of these people um, are in recovery some way. So you could literally go to one of our followers. Hey, I see that you're following Sober as Dope. How about we be friends? Tell me about your recovery journey. You have 40,000 people you could talk to on Sober as Dope, including the founder Pop about recovery. That's a big community. 500 people is a big community. 50 people is a thriving community. You have 40,000 people. And I'm proud to say that because I know 40,000 of that 46,000 are 100% in recovery. Okay? Or sober curious or active addiction and trying to get some food for thought surrounding the subject of sobriety. That's my advice. The next thing I want to say about people in early recovery or people that's sober curious or people that's on the fence and want to stop drinking, but maybe in an environment where they'll be judged and they can't, the next thing I need to say to you is, forget your family and friends and your spouse. I don't care about that. Focus on yourself. Be selfish. Listen, I don't want to drink no more. I don't want to explain why I don't want to drink no more. I just don't want to do it no more. I want more out of my life. I want to be closer to God. I want to be better for my kids. I don't want to do this no more. It's not fun anymore. Can we find things to do that have nothing to do with alcohol? Now, usually if your spouse can't get on board, we have a live and let live concept in Sober is Dope. And it's in other places too. But I like to respect the um, the privacy. I just want to say this about Alcoholic Anonymous. Um, based on the 11 traditions with Alcoholic Anonymous, I have to protect a lot of the traditions and the 12 steps right it's not it's frowned upon just so everyone on the podcast knows and i have to learn how to be respectful to all of the different groups i'm a part of um it's frowned upon to really break down the steps and talk about the steps and disrespect the anonymous aspect of it um because that goes against the 11th tradition which is we have to keep um the you know the steps uh, private and stuff like that and remain anonymous right so a lot of the things i'm talking about are not backed by AA. These are my opinions, and although they may be loosely of influence with Alcoholic Anonymous because it's a part of it in me, this is just pop speaking. But when I say uh, Alcoholic Anonymous type things, um, I'm just saying it in reference to a lot of us, Sober is Dope, Alcoholic Anonymous, and other different modalities of recovery. We share a lot of the same terms, right? Because these terms are kind of rooted in the absolute law of what makes sense and what works through trial and error in the recovery space, right? Honesty, for example, accountability. These are things that God gives us, right? Alcoholic Anonymous don't necessarily have monopoly in, in owning these things, but they put together a system that resonates with these concepts. And sometimes it may sound like I'm going against the 11th tradition, but neither neither that's neither here or there that's just me and everybody that's part of alcoholic anonymous know that i'm trying to do better at respecting the steps and uh um the um anonymous aspect so moving along though talk to your family and friends when we have a live and let live concept between sober's dope alcoholic anonymous and a lot of other places what does live and let live mean pop Live and let live mean that it doesn't matter if your friends and family's over the house drinking. You just have to find the strength to say they could do that, but I decide not to. They could live, live and let live. You never hear me say alcohol is horrible. No one should drink. Anyone who drinks is bad. That's not what Sober is Dope is about. Sober is Dope is about the people that are adversely addicted and affected by alcohol and allergic to it. So we have this problem, whether you want to call it trauma-based addiction a uh, genetic based addiction, um, um, allergy based addiction. So no matter how you become addicted as a human being, we are addicted, and this stuff becomes problematic and toxic for us. And then we have to take the necessary steps to be in recovery for the rest of our lives if we want to have a semblance of a normal life. 
So we have to learn how to live and let live and let other people do them without it jeopardizing our ability to save ourselves, if that makes any sense. This is me talking as an artist. I'm a hip hop artist. I may have to go to a studio session where people are drinking. Now, if you come to my studio session, there will be no drinking. But if I go to someone else's, I can't say, hey, I don't want no alcohol there because I'm Pop Buchanan from Sober is Dope. I just have to make sure I don't drink and I bring my own stuff. I may have to still go to parties. I can't tell people, um, are you serving alcohol at your party? Are you serving alcohol at the, you, you know, at, at, at the barbecue for your my brother's birthday or something, or this one's birthday, or this type of christening, or this type of event, or a Christmas party, a New Year's party? Hell yeah, people's going to serve booze. You know, I can't say I'm not going to go to my loved one's wedding because I'm sober. That's ridiculous. You could say that if you're in early recovery, right? Or if you're so sensitive and delicate about it where you will be triggered, you can't say that. That's not the point I'm trying to make. I'm not trying to say you have to go to these places. I, I recommend that you don't if you could get out of it. But there's things we're going to have to do in life where it's gonna, going to be alcohol there, right? Let's just not... I don't want to set anyone up for failure and not be realistic i have my niece's wedding to go to in the summertime it's gonna be alcohol there i cannot tell my beautiful niece how i can't go to your wedding because y'all serving alcohol it's a wedding but what i can say is yo can y'all have some non-alcoholic beers for me or can i bring my own stuff right right like i, I need like a keg of non-alcoholic beer there so i just had it for me and my friends who don't drink right a couple of phrase and non-alcoholic wine so we can make a sober toast they even have sober champagne man non-alcoholic champagne shout out to Sutter Holmes and Frey you know these guys make excellent non-alcoholic beverages so you don't have to feel left out which brings me to my next point if all your friends is over there drinking just bring your own non-alcoholic beers and your non-alcoholic wines this is how you wean into recovery without feeling socially like an outcast, right? So that's it. So if you're if your family and friends are on the fence and or they're not going to be supportive or you're afraid that they're going to judge you, reframe how you present it to them. Be honest. Use me as the fall guy. Say, my friend Pop said, my friend Pop said, have your wife or your husband call me and I'll talk to them and give them tips on how to help you out. See, the thing about Sober's Dope is this. It's big for me. You could call me up and say, Pop, listen, my husband doesn't understand this. Can you speak to him? I'll speak to him. Let's get him on a three-way. Let's talk. I don't care. I'll talk to your husband. Yo, what's up, bro? Listen, this is how it works in recovery. This is my recommendations. This is how I think you can help your wife or vice versa. You know, I have one of my friends friends um he was contacting me and he has an issue he's like yo my wife is um like and i have a, like about five people right now who reached out to me that's why i'm bringing this up but the the main person is one of my close friends he's like yo man my wife like she's like mad sweet but the one thing she loves to do is unwind and have her little drinks and her little parties on the weekend and stuff and they're really big we brought a lot of her friends come over we we do all type of things together we have these drink parties and it's like part of our lifestyle is how we met we've been doing this for years and i want to go sober but i just don't know what to do and i don't think she's gonna be willing to listen and i had to give him these advice this advice and say listen no you could die man she's good and then and then what happens when a doctor tells you oh you have stage four colon cancer because you was drinking and you know your colon is damaged and you know you have stomach cancer some shit like that right and like what do you tell your wife oh yeah i knew i wasn't feeling well and i knew for some reason alcohol was tearing my body apart but I didn't want to jeopardize your little party, so I just went along with the flow, but now I'm dying. Your wife is going to say, well, you, you know, that was very irresponsible of you. You could have told me what you were dealing with. So if someone you love, if they really love you, they should understand. Y'all hear me smacking my hands, man? I'm upset. Let people understand there's no stigma against recovery. It's a beautiful thing. Doesn't mean you can't party and have fun. Doesn't mean you can't connect with the people you love, okay? So that's that. Moving along, if you're in early recovery and you're struggling, what's some things we could do? Number one, you have to put your recovery at the top of the priority list in your life. Everything comes first, um, recovery related. Everything else is secondary. Primary recovery, secondary, everything else. There's God recovery and everything else. 
you put recovery above yourself because if you're not sober and you're not clean you can't function so use god recovery your self-care your needs in recovery your environment reflecting your recovery you doing all the steps you need to do in recovery whether that's alcoholic anonymous narcotics anonymous going to therapy going to workshops meditating learning yoga working out eating clean practicing self-care taking long showers taking long walks de-stressing changing up your job so it's not so stressful doing different things finding community all of that goes within that first step then you address the world you have to be selfish for at least three years straight to have a fighting chance. And that's my thing. You heard it from Pop Buchanan. I'm not going to clap my hands no more because I know it might sound a little off. on the. <laughs> but listen, listen, seriously, three years straight. Be selfish. Self-love and self-care and selfish is doing the right thing for yourself. Give yourself three strong years. Get this. Get yourself in check, man. This, this addiction thing messes you up so much. You wake up disheveled. You have these blackouts. You're having these hangovers. You're every cell in your body. They even have science now that suggests when we drink to reduce anxiety, it, it does reduce your anxiety temporarily. But once the alcohol gets out your system the following day, your anxiety goes to a higher level. It shoots through the roof. Okay. So I don't want to hear no more about de-stressing, unwinding bullshit. Please don't don't bring it to me. You can't bullshit a bullshitter. We know now the science is out. Ninety percent of drunk parties end in fights and the f use this and f use that and blackout and you cursing somebody out. Don't know what happened. Getting your clothes torn up, losing your phones and your house keys, and telling cursing somebody out, breaking up, waking up in the bed with somebody you'll never sleep with. We tired of it. We heard it all. Let's stop playing. Not not one aspect of that is healthy for your mental health and not one aspect of that is peace not one aspect of that is unwinding what the hell are we talking about we're we're training ourselves to believe a lie i'm doing this thing to have fun but it always ends in the opposite of fun period it never yo i swear that's the biggest regret i have i have like after drinking for 20 plus years i have about five fun memories and the rest, the other 3,000 memories of cringeworthy bullshit. Like, I had a few different run days where it was nice. Like, that was fun. Some, but it always ended with something ugly. It was always an ugliness to the fun. Whether you party too hard and people was like, oh, you was kind of all over the place. Now it's judgment. Or, or... You get so paranoid and weird that you, you you brush people the wrong way and was like, I don't know what's up with your friend. He's weird. Or you have so much fun that it turns into rage and now you fighting and you wake up in a hospital with somebody and it's like, yo, your guy, your friend is too wild. Or you wind up getting so emotionally needy that you wind up sleeping with a damn um, uh, Rottweiler or a pit bull or something you like yo i woke up with a dog in my bed i don't know how that happened right that's a little robin i've been watching a lot of robin williams that's like a crack at a joke but you get my point waking up in predicaments with people that you'll never sleep with and stuff because you're emotionally needy is cringeworthy right kissing somebody that you would never kiss saying things like embracing people is alcohol is fucking crazy excuse my language i'm so sorry but i don't care because this is sober is dope and look i'm not a priest and i know i have a book with prayers in it but i still curse sometimes right i'm not perfect right don't cancel me because i curse but alcohol is crazy and i'm tired guys i don't want you to like struggle in early recovery because you're holding on to all of this bullshit that's in our minds or what we're missing out on we did the episode fair of missing out and i will say it again you're never missing out because you could still party just party smarter in environments that's safer right and 90% of the time, if you just go to these places and chill, eventually somebody cute will come up to you. Hey, you look good. What's up? You want to talk? 
You know that yo that let's get out of here line. It's the best line. You at a party, you meet someone in the night. Yo, listen, you want to go get something to eat, man? Like you know, let's go link up. Let's want to catch a movie. Like pull people to shit that doesn't involve alcohol. Be creative in your early recovery. If you're struggling, ninety percent of people struggle because they're still holding on to aspects of why they was drinking and. They want to unwind. It's like you lack, we lack the emotional and spiritual and psychological and mental creativity to have fun without booze. It's like, yo, when we was kids, we ran around all day. That was enough. When we was kids, enough of fun would be three or four of us playing tag or some game on the block or sitting around and telling stories about ghosts and bad dreams or something. That was enough. When did alcohol come into the play as a precursor for us to actually have fun? It shouldn't. I don't buy it. You know, I want I want us to be better and do better. Like my friend Keola Rain say, do better. <laughs> anyway, listen. You listen to Sober is dope. Uh, part of this, uh, part of why I'm doing this, I was telling my friend Randy yesterday. Shout out to Randy, my man Randy. He's a he's a good guy. Oh. Uh, I want to, I want to, all right, sober dope apology time. <clears throat> to the sober dope community, some of you out there may have been hearing ads on some of the episodes because my podcast distributor, Spotify, um, sometimes run ads that you can opt in for them to run ads on a podcast. And uh, my friend Randy brought it to my attention that they ran a Modelo ad on Sopa is dope. Can you believe it? Talk about outrage. I want to sue these guys, but um, I can't. But what I did was is I deactivated the ad. So the only ad you may hear is me talking about Anchor and how you should probably get Spotify for podcasts to start your own podcast. That's it. All of the other stuff I don't have on the podcast. I cannot run the risk of a mistake happening like that. So what happened was, is I believe, because I talk about alcohol and beer and sobriety, that the, the algorithm probably interpreted it that my audience would, be, would want beer, which is the total opposite of what they should have been doing um so they ran a modello ad and my friend randy's in early recovery and he was just so heartbroken and he was like pop i thought you was one of the real guys i can't believe it but we finally had a great conversation and i explained to randy that i had no idea that that was happening and i would never endorse an alcohol ad on soap is dope that's crazy to me so for anyone else out there that may have been listening and heard an ad that was not in accordance with sobriety recovery abstinence i apologize from the depths of my heart and i will opt out of all of that money that that potential eight dollars i get every three months and not run ads because it's not worth it and i never want to put you in that predicament so i love you all and i apologize and randy if you're out there congratulations on your 10 months of recovery and congratulations on your journey i want you to continue to listen to sober is dope i love you daily i love all my listeners and audience daily i really do i don't tell you guys i love you because i'm i'm playing around i really love you i love you if you're in recovery and you're fighting for your human condition to be uh, uh, safe and to be clean and to, to find redemption and forgiveness and to start over and to find your way in this darkness in this world and to get closer to god through recovery whether you believe in God or not, you're going to be closer to God in recovery because God says, be sober, be vigilant for your adversary, the devil, walketh around like a lion seeking whom he may devour. So God is sober. God believes in sobriety. God asks us to be sober. So whether you believe in God or not, by being sober through default, you are closer to God. And anybody that has the courage to fight for their freedom and life and their soul and their spirit is somebody that I love and you're cool with me. Woo! Listening to Sober is Dope. I'm your host, Pop Buchanan. Next thing I want to say about early recovery. All right. This is the new thing now. When you're in recovery, I want you to concurrently make sure. I mean, at the same time, right along your recovery, I want you to pay attention to the food you eat. I want you to pay attention to your sleep. I want you to pay attention to your emotional health. I want you to try to be in therapy because you need to do things for your mental health while you're in early recovery. If you do not, my friends and family, 
What tends to happen is you get depressed one day, you get manic one day, you get sad one day, you get anxiety one day, you flip out one day, you don't know why, you don't know the language, you don't know the tools, you don't have no one to speak to, you default back into slippery ways, you become triggered, you use again. Or the tr- thing that made you tra- the trauma that brought you to your addiction resurfaces and re-triggers you and then you relapse, right? It could be the pain. You could have a father that was abusive and then he pops back up in your life and all of the emotions come back and then you drink. It could be an ex. You go to a party, you see your ex, she's with somebody hot and you like, oh shit, I feel like a loser. I'm going to drink. It could be... Uh, a divorce, something that reminds you of your divorce. It could be a job. You see an old coworker from the job where you was fired at, you get triggered. It could be somebody that's key, you keeping up with the Joneses and one of your neighbor gets a better car and their wife or their husband is hot and then you like, oh shit, I didn't mow the lawn. Now I feel corny. They had a big barbecue. The guy pulled up in the Maserati. I'm still driving the Ford and now I'm, I'm sad because I'm a loser because I don't make as much money as them so I'm going to drink and relax. Right. It's little shit like that. I'm telling you, man, (laughs) I swear to God, it'd be things that you can't or like. So why I say mental health or therapy, if you was in therapy, your therapist probably would have said, you know what? I think you and your neighbor need to talk because you think there's some drama there between you guys. So when you go home, you're not comfortable when you're in your own house because your window is facing a neighbor and they always having these fancy parties and the guy got the Maserati and his wife is hot and now you bent out of shape, right? So, you know, you're, 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 um, your therapist may say, why don't you get some nice blinds, <laughs> move the living room around so you're not looking towards a neighbor, talk to your spouse about getting a nicer car and not living through comparison, right? I know it sounds extreme, but it'd be those obscure little in the pocket, in the crevice things that can lead you to relapse. You don't know why you upset today. But it could have been like, yo, I went outside and I saw something I ain't like. You know, your wife or your husband could be into something new and you feel jealous or uncomfortable because you're not included in it. So now you just feel left out and abandoned. It could be anything, man. I'm talking about you have to really do some inspection on yourself and inside and get deep and learn yourself. The greatest thing I ever learned was man must know thyself. I know when I where I feel inadequate. I know my way. I know when I get mad and jealous. I know when I start hating and getting angry. You know, sometimes I might look on the internet and see somebody that I used to be a rival with and they do. I'm like, oh, look at them. Look at it. And I have to realize by living through comparison, it's the fastest way to relapse because now you living yourself through some external measurement that you can't necessarily gauge. Like it's no reason that you should be comparing yourself to another human being and their accomplishments. But we do. And it, and it says nothing about ourselves, more or less, that we're just on a different life path. And that we should be happy for them But hate comes because hate comes Jealousy comes because jealousy comes We don't always know why It's like that in the recovery community It's like, oh, this person got mad followers Or this person dropped a new book Or this person podcast came in at number one And then it's like all of this energy stuff, right? But me, I never partake I'm like, I want I want to promote everybody's podcast I love everybody's book And I really love everybody that's in recovery I could care less I'm not going to compare Sober is Dope Against um, Sober Nation or something like that Because they're bigger I don't care I love my Sober is Dope community I love my love, uh, uh, my, my, my audience Not my followers Because I follow you guys Y'all think y'all follow me I'm following you Like I love y'all man I don't Like this doesn't work without you This is your podcast This is your platform It ain't mine Because I'm not sitting here Talking to myself If it was Pop's podcast I'll be talking to myself And then listening to the And not publishing it And just listening to myself I'm doing this solely for you I get up and say I want to say this to you. It has nothing to do with me. Trust me. This is your podcast. This is your home. This is your movement. This is Sober's Dope belongs to you guys. Right? When I'm dead and gone, I want you guys to keep Sober's Dope alive. You're going to have to wait 70 years because I ain't going out like that. They're going to have to. I'm going to be 120. Just trust me. With a couple bionic limbs and a like a like a, a AI heart or something, <laughs> have to build myself an artificial intelligence heart. So I don't care. I intend to live all my years, 
And that's the next point I want to bring it to. Big yourself up. Love yourself. Talk great greatness into yourself. Feed into yourself. Love yourself. Be conceited. Be obnoxious with yourself. Be selfish. Big yourself up first. I hate this. Oh, he's arrogant. This person is stuck up. Man, listen. If you don't love yourself, who else going to love you? You walking around all day telling yourself you ain't worthy. You're not worthy. You don't deserve this. You ain't, you, you know, you telling yourself all this toxic stuff based in fear, anxiety, and lowly and low level vibrations. How are you ever going to get what you want to get? Listen, I've had a period in my life where sometimes things are just hurt man like i got one of my best friends in the world somebody i love this brings me to tears has been in and out the hospital i've been living in the hospital man i you know it's tough man you know i have an elderly mom that i love and um you know some days i can't work because i'm always in the hospital with the person that i love and i'm out here fighting i get up every day and i try to do this stuff and the reason why i'm telling you guys this and it's emotional and it's sad and i get hurt sometimes is life has not had been as bright as i would like it to be but despite all of that i'm going through god still finds a way to make things beautiful for me and he still finds a way to provide and at not one time during this tumultuous if that's the right way to say it and one time in this turbulent um part of my life where things kind of get a little murky and stuff and i feel a little abandoned i don't have a lot of support outside of my family some of my friends and stuff everybody's doing different things and um but i do have a lot of support i should say but it does feel a little sad and dark um i never once wanted to drink i never thought about it, it never came to my mind never was an option my uh, my recovery was never in jeopardy but despite all of that i still big myself up and i still have faith and i still get up every day and i still shave and i still get dressed i still look good i still fight i still post the soap is dope i still try to build the community i'm on instagram i'm doing everything and i'm loving all you guys up i'm promoting the book i'm writing the second book i'm pushing through and i'm doing that in the hospital bed next to the person that i love fighting for their life you know what i'm saying and um that sober is dope. That's why we do this. I could not be this person that I am and there for the people that I love if I was drinking and stuff. I would have been a coward somewhere hiding from the pain. And, and if, you're, if you're in active addiction, I'm not telling you you're a coward. I'm telling you I would have been a coward because my father died over 20 years ago and he left me to be strong and to protect and to be a leader and that was my anointing and if i was running from that i would have been a coward based on not living up to the assignment my dad trusted me with my father had a smile on his face in his coffin and i think that smile was at least i know i left poppy at least i know i left caleb at least i know i left jacob at least I got Mary and Chris, right? That's my brothers and sisters and Lenny and Dez. I got them. I got B. I got these kids. So I left legacy. I could go home and go to sleep. Now, if I ran from that legacy as a coward and cried in my bear all day and complained and crawled on all fours and been on the street, I would have left my anointing and disrespected my legacy and my throne and i'm not perfect but i'm trying to live up to it today so if you out there and you struggling and you in early recovery and you tell me i'm struggling i'm having a bad time i'm gonna shoot it back to you this way and i'm out legacy life and death why are you here who are you what do you want out of your life do you think this is a game? Are you aware that we have one shot to live? This is the biggest lottery and the biggest gift. And you're going to drink it and do drugs and you're going to hide. Aren't you tired of hiding? Aren't you done, done with the shit, the bullshit? Can we face the fear, the anxiety, adversity, and darkness of the world with some courage and some strength? Do you deserve to be free? That's why when you struggle in, you don't give in. That's how you fight through the darkness. That's how you get to over a decade in recovery. Never forget the darkness. Understand why you started and live up to your anointing. This is serious. We're in the big league. Sober is dope is not little league. We varsity. I'm varsity. 
I'm Pop Buchanan. I'm Varsity. In my life, in my world, I'm a big deal. I'm Varsity. I don't play in JV. You don't play in JV. You listening to this, millionaires listen to Sobers, though. Billionaires listen to Sobers, though. They get, they know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the stuff that they don't want to tell you. There's a war going on outside. My man Prodigy from Mom Deep said, no man is safe from you could run, but you can't hide from these streets. All right? Don't run and hide. Face it. Why? Because God said, be sober, be vigilant for your adversary, the devil, walketh around like a lion seeking whom he may devour. Be sober, be vigilant, be sober, be vigilant, be sober, be vigilant. God said that in the Bible. First Peter 5, 8. Be sober, be vigilant for your adversary, your adversary, your adversary. Who's the adversary? That person that wants to give you that drugs, that bottle, that, 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 that thing that makes you run, that thing that makes you weak, that thing that makes you deny your legacy. This is the heavy weight. This is 30 years from now on your deathbed, 50 years from now on your deathbed, 70 years from now on your deathbed. 80 years from now on your deathbed, 90 years from now on your deathbed, if you 10 years old and listening to Sobiz Dope, you don't want to have no regrets about surrounding addiction. Conquer this demon now. Get through today now. This is the big boy. This is the big girl pants. Let's play for to win. <clears throat> this alcohol and drugs is just the biggest cloak of deceit ever. It promises you, takes everything from you and promises you nothing. Please don't fall for the trap. And when you're struggling and in doubt, listen to this episode. Because I want you somewhere in the future to say, I heard episode one time. And this guy absolutely explained how high the stakes are. We're talking about your integrity, your legacy, your soul, your life. Your kidneys, your liver, your heart, your brain, your spleen, your pancreas. We're talking about your body, your mind, your spirit. Every aspect of that alcohol and drugs attacks. This is life and death. This is not having fun on a Friday night. This is killing people now. In real time. And you think I'm going to sit here and want to hear any, you think anything like this is life or death. Let's get it together. So how, if you're struggling, this episode is for you. What are you, what are you missing out on? Fake fun. We already explained how the fun is bullshit. It's not real. You don't really have fun. You're going to wind up lonely in the middle of the night. Upset, don't remember anything, and why did I start drinking? You're gonna have immediate regret. Another thing I have never seen in 10 years of recovery and in 20 years of watching people go back and forth is anyone ever celebrate a relapse? Oh, I'm happy I relapsed. I had a time of my life. People relapsing every single time. Oh my god, I don't know why I'm so ashamed, I'm so fucking dumb, I'm embarrassed, oh, I don't know what, I feel like crap uh, it's always that narrative, an immediate regret for the decision they made, so if anything that's evil and insidious could tell you that little dark voice in your head that dark passenger could tell you just have one drink, it'll be okay that's the devil and if you don't believe in God or the devil, that's evil. You can't tell me evil doesn't exist. You you can't. You could tell me good exists and darkness exists. Not light, because light could be darkness too. Because light could blind you, illuminate you, and then throw you into the darkness. That's why the devil is the son of that. I, I could get into that later. But you can't tell me evil doesn't exist and good doesn't exist. You cannot tell me that. So don't play with me because I know more. I know enough. I've, my bro, I've been in a church for years. I know what I'm talking about when you see somebody really being exercised. There's real demons out there, bro. This ain't a game. Y'all think it's a game. It's not. I'm telling you in the nicest way possible. This is a spiritual war that will kill you. They want us dead. Leave the drugs and the guns and the, I mean, leave the drugs and the alcohol and the guns and all of that alone. Those are my three things I hate. Drugs, alcohol, and guns. Leave all that. 
I remember a rhyme I said when I was younger. I said, leave the drugs and the guns and the hate to pass. Cause if we don't, we open up the gates of wrath. Can I explain how it feels to be the sun via aura? It's something like Godhead or Black Diaspora. Let me explain the origin here, right? I wrote that young. Leave the drugs and the guns and the hate to pass. Cause if we don't, we open up the gates of wrath. I wrote that as a kid, man. And I never listened to that shit because I was running around with all three of them things. So I should have listened to my little rap. But now I grew into understanding that rap. All right. That's enough for today. Classes is done. I'm dropped it today. I had to. I, listen, I came from an interview with the Department of Education today because I'm studying to be a teacher. And then left the hospital for my loved one that I'm pretty much living at. Came, went to an interview, came home to clean up and stuff, trying to cook. I haven't eaten in the, the whole day. haven't eaten yet today. I have to go back to the hospital, right? So to give you guys some context, and I'm cleaning up my room and my computer's there, and my computer was looking at me, and God said, you have to speak to Sober's Dope community today, right now put it on and that was my that's my call and despite whatever's happening in my eternal in my world i love you guys enough to come on here and let you know you're on the right track there's good news man there's good news you're on the right track just stop doubting yourself the one thing i want for you guys today is to conquer doubt conquer doubt Anytime that voice come in your head where I'm struggling and I really think I want to and I'm doing this and I don't know how, I mean, I want you to make a biggest fist, the figurative fist you can. Cock back with all your might. Think of the incredible hope and slam that thought figuratively with all your emotions and say, get away from me. Christ said it to, um, um, Pete, I think it was Peter, Paul, one of them in the Bible, or it was Judas or one of them, they were saying, you know, you don't have to do this, right? You could, you don't have to be crucified. You don't have to go with these guys. And he said, get behind me, Satan. And that was one of his closest ap- apostles. Why did he say, get behind me, Satan? Because that voice in your head that could fix you to say some stupid shit like you could have one drink. Or that friend in your life who comes to you one day and say, just have one. You have to have the courage to say, get behind me, evil, get behind me, Satan, because it may not. That's not my voice that's telling me to do that. And that's not your friend's voice. That's something dark that's in that bottle that will come through you or someone else and ask you to give it all away. Right now, you're fighting for your soul, your mind, your body, your spirit and your legacy. Don't give in and don't give that away. Because that's the fight of your life. Ladies and gentlemen, friends and family, everyone out there in every type of persuasion, denomination, and orientation, you're listening to Soap is Dope. I'm your humble servant, Pop Buchanan. This is from the heart. This is off the top. This is for you. Take it. Eat it. Ingest it. Find it. Write it. Talk to me. Share it. And I'll catch you on the other side. God bless you.